When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In my 27 years as a Victorian policewoman, I investigated everything from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. Policing taught me a lot about human nature, which I explore in my podcasts with a variety of fascinating guests discussing the human side and impact of crime, not only on their lives, but mine as well. My podcasts are not suitable for children and some adults for that matter. If you find yourself affected by my subject matter, please contact Lifeline or any other support service or person that you feel comfortable with. My guests provide their recollection of an event or incident, sharing their thoughts and their emotions, but it's theirs and not everyone will agree with them. I understand that and I hope you do too. Thank you. When I see famous sporting people take time away from the game to, you know, I need to take a break for whatever reason, but mental health related, I love it. I reckon it's great because one, they're helping themselves, which is ultimately the first and best thing, but they're also showing a message to all those kids who look up to these sports women and sportsmen and go, you know what, if it's all right for them to look after their mental health, it's you know, certainly right for me to do it. So I think the younger generation coming through the academy and that will be a lot better at it. Hello, hope you've all had a good week. You know, there's been something going on in that head of mine um, over the past 12 months or so. I'm just going to put it down to the stress of the floods, living in a motel for three months, finding a home to live in and then breaking my ankle. So how am I going so far? Am I convincing you yet (laughs) that I've had a bit going on? I'm looking for some sympathy, some sort of understanding from you all because yesterday I learned that I'd completely forgotten to release part two of an interview I did with Mark Thomas way back in May. We released part one okay, but part two never went to air and we just rolled on with our next guest. My excuse, and look, I think it's a pretty good one, is that on the 10th of May, the release of Mark's part one, I broke my ankle. And that week was a whirlwind of pain and worry as through all the x-rays and CT scans. I'm not sure if you know, but they found a blood clot as well as a broken ankle. Oh, my God. So with apologies to Mark, as his story is incredibly uplifting, I'm going to bring you up to speed about who Mark is and his wonderful story. And then we will finally, three months later, bring you part two 
uh, seriously, this is awkward and embarrassing, <laughs> but I've never shied away from the dill that I can be at times. So let's just recap who is Mark Thomas. He's uh, a down-to-earth, honest and unusually frank policeman of over two decades, talking very openly about how he was able to manage his PTS, there's a reason we call it PTS and not PTSD, um, post-traumatic stress, and still to this day he's a serving current Victoria Police member. Much of the reason Mark was able to return to work was due to the unwavering support of his supervisors. His immediate supervisor understood more than many about how to deal with a member trying to manage psychological injuries and the difference that has made in Mark's recovery, to be honest, is incredible. Mark loved policing. He loved helping people in their darkest, saddest hours, helping them when they believed or thought that there was no help. He was the strong and steady um, head and hand that they needed and he had it in bucket loads for the first seven years of his career until the 8th of April 2003. And Mark still doesn't know exactly what it was about the incident on this day that affected him so badly, but affect him it did. It took 10 years for him to fall over or collapse psychologically. But there were little signs during those 10 years which Mark thought was just normal when being confronted with trauma in just about every shift of his policing career. He was becoming extremely mentally unwell, mentally injured. So without further ado, here is part two of Mark Thomas, finally. <laughs> oh, and just before I leave, um, clearly... Uh, <laughs> I don't think there's any argument. It's time for me to have a mid-winter break for a few weeks. I'm compiling some great guests for the last half of the year and we'll see you back then. But meanwhile, the boys at Black Salmon uh, will bring to you a few Norell specials. So take care out there and I'll talk to you in a few weeks. Bye. Uh, this week, Mark takes us through the difference between a companion dog and an assistance dog and the amazing story behind Jimmy, an assistance dog who Mark has watched in action and the deep understanding that Jimmy has with his uh, companion who's unfortunately a very troubled policeman who's learning to go out in the public again, but all thanks to Jimmy. Uh, Mark also talks about the power of having a supervisor who understands mental illness and the difference that he's made to Mark's working life. Mark has been able to return to work full time because and only because of his supervisor's knowledge and understanding of PTSI in particular. Mark refers to his manager as he isn't a manager, he said he is a pure leader. And he talks about the fact that this man can not only manage but lead. There's a big difference, isn't there? And Mark also talks about when Graham Ashton went off on mental health leave that the difference, the effect that it had within an, a lot of members within Victoria Police, people he spoke to about loving the message that Graham Ashton gave and he said it was just awesome to see such a display of leadership showing that it is okay to take time out. And he just refers to it as just brilliant. Mark had also told us about the word is getting out out there at the academy, 
because some recruits are leaving the academy making monthly appointments to see a psych and forming a relationship, being proactive with a psych rather than see them when they're at their worst. They, I imagine the psych would help them prepare for what they are going to be exposed to. Like, how good is that? And Mark also shares with us the changes which have slowly been introduced for members who are required to view child abuse material. And as I was, and which I have no doubt was my undoing, as I said last week, he tells us about the graduated approach that Vic Poll are taking in exposing members to child abuse material rather than just almost dumping members into this horrific world, which many of us just couldn't deal with. Anyway, again, I say it, (laughs) he's an amazing man. Have a great week. Take care. Bye. Can you tell us when you were in hospital, you started to think about how you could help other people in this position that you didn't want anyone to go through this? Tell us what happened. Yeah, so when I was sitting in hospital, I felt intensely alone. And I thought no one could possibly know what I'm going through here, which, you know, a healthy mind now suggests that that's complete and utter crap um, because there are obviously far too many people. Uh, going through what, what what I went through and feeling that aloneness. So I thought once I get back to work full time, uh, I'm just, I'll start a support group. And that there was a bluff in that. Like, yes, I wanted to start a support group to get around. At that stage, it was coppers. So if someone's newly diagnosed or struggling, then we can get around them and say, hey, we're all part of this little club. We all know exactly what you're going through. So you're not alone. This is what might help. Rah, rah. Certainly not clinical treatment in any sense of the word, just a, a peer-to-peer support sort of thought. But at that stage, I actually didn't think I'd work again. I didn't think I was going to get back to work. So there's a bit of a bluff in my mind to go, well, there's an aim. So I know I want to start this support group, but I'm going to do it when I'm full-time work. So something to concentrate on. And then uh, I returned to work about seven weeks later, uh, which was probably about, you know, probably about seven weeks too quick, but I become very obsessed with uh, work, a work cover ad where the bloke broke his arm. That's just on repeat. So, But I did have at that stage um, an incredibly supportive senior sergeant, so I knew I was in good hands. So I went back to work. Uh, just gradually, and then when I'd feel right, I'd increase hours, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So two and a half years later, I got back to full-time work, which was a obviously a major, major event for me. Uh, God, that's amazing. That's that is amazing. Yeah. That within within seven weeks, yeah. of being hospitalised, you can be going back to work. I can't get my head around that. Well, I, I worked four hours on a Tuesday and four hours on a Thursday, and after that four hours, I'd come home and sleep for hours. It was just cooked. And, like, the work that I was doing, it's fair to say that I was sitting down at my desk. Uh, work is – I'll use that terminology very loosely. I wasn't accomplishing, <laughs> accomplishing – can't even say the word. I wasn't doing too much, put it that way. But that, yeah. you know, but that's the power of um, Mickey Bennett, uh, my senior sergeant, in that he just 
he just fed me little drips of work, just enough, just enough to keep me occupied, not so I had nothing to do, but nothing that was I actually had to think too hard about. And then when I'd increase hours, he'd just give me a little bit more. You know, it was just superbly handled. Um, and, that's, and look, the power, that, that's the power, isn't it, of supportive management. And that uh, fills my heart with, uh, oh, I don't know, joy sounds a bit um, fluffy, but just to, the fact that you have a supervisor who is just so understanding and so supportive, that's the reason you were able to return to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Um, mm. Magical. I owe him my career. So oh, yeah. it's been yeah. brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, after two and a half years, I got back to work full time and I thought, all right, cool. So then I just started uh, a, uh, a private Facebook group and just tagged my copper mates and uh, they tagged a few of theirs. And then every uh, once a month, we would uh, have a, a group catch up at Anzac House in the city. And I don't never called them meetings because that's too formal. Uh, so it was just a catch up. So it was quite cool because everyone, yeah, we might get uh, anywhere between ten and fifteen people there, and like everyone there's diagnosed or struggling. And then, like I remember one particular, no names obviously, but one bloke he was struggling a bit, and uh, we got him linked into uh, TPAV, who then got him linked into a psych, and he was shortly thereafter diagnosed, which then got all the work cover stuff going. So it was, it was really cool. But for, for those people that felt alone, well, you're not because you're part of this little club that we've got going here, which is pretty cool. And um, mm. you can have some conversations and because there's nothing quite like speaking to, like the psych industry, absolutely critical, don't get me wrong, but Speaking to someone else who understands what you've been through or what you're going through is incredibly powerful and very validating, uh, which is which is critical in your recovery. And then shortly after that started, Rob turned up with uh, Jimmy, his assistant dog, and so we'd meet for three hours. And I remember Rob messaged me actually uh, during the week. Uh, and we had a little bit of a, a chat over Messenger, and then then he come along, and of course the whole three hours was just spent talking about Jimmy, the assistance dog, and how he helps, and um, and we go on from there, and some more time goes by, and then me, Rob, and Ben are sitting around um, one of the meetings one night, and we just floated. What do you reckon we register as a charity to? You know, sponsor these dogs because they save lives. Uh, yeah. They're just – and, like, to me, dogs are in three different categories. you got my pet dog who, you know, well, if I'm having a bad day, she cuddles up. She recognises something's wrong, but she hasn't got yeah. any training in it. And then yeah. you've got the, the companion dog that's got that sort of, you know, people train their own, got a little bit more training to pick up on. Uh, anxieties and things and then you've got these elite uh, assistance dogs that are worth tens and tens of thousands of dollars and you know like they literally save lives I mean I've, I've got a couple of stories I won't say but with people who have told me if it wasn't for the dog I'm not here so mm. 
Uh, so you, you got the three of us um, coppers who are all diagnosed, all decide they're going to start a charity. So we, we did. Uh, um, and that's – it's just grown. Uh, so we call it the Code 9 Foundation, uh, Code 9 being – uh, the call sign for coppers who are in trouble. Uh, so we thought that was a nice segue into that. And we just we just continue to um, uh, expand and evolve into how, how we help members, which has been really cool, really cool. Mm. But can you tell us a little bit about what an assistance dog does? Because I'm not sure, I know I don't really get, just how much they can do, just the power of, of yeah. their presence even. But what do they, can you take us through what they do, yeah, what so they can do, I mean? One of the, one of the stories I'll tell you, uh, so uh, we got a bloke called Rob Jackson um, through a mate of mine, Shane Gordon, who's a PT instructor, really good one, um, and, and one who understands mental, mental health as well and really passionate about it. So I asked... Shane, nicknamed Flash, to come along to a group meeting one night or group catch-up, just uh, talk to the crew about the, the value of um, body movement and exercise and what it does. And he said, I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to bring me mate Rob along, Rob Jackson, who was then at the Melbourne Football Club as a um, one of the high-performance trainers. Yep. So – Rob Jackson come along and he came along to a couple and he showed us the, the effect that sugar has on the body and um, body movement and these exercises are good. So I was just trying to educate the crew, you know, these little things you can do to help your brain. And then Rob said, oh, look, if you want to come to a footy game, let me know, I'll hook you up with some tickets. So, oh, yeah, cool. So Rob with assistance dog Jimmy, Ben and I went to the MCG one day, like it was a small crowd as Melbourne and Gold Coast when – this is when Melbourne, before they were, um, have come good. So it's probably 2014, maybe. No, no, 2016, 2017. And I'm sitting, and Rob hadn't been inside the MCG for for a decade or something. So I'm sitting there, and I noticed Rob starting to get really anxious. He, he had this sniff through his nose, which is one of his first signs. And I look at him, and and then I was about to put my hand on his shoulder just gently and just let me know if you need anything, mate. And I thought, oh, hang on, it's not my job. And then I looked down and, and Jimmy's already looking at it. So when when he's at a sporting event, Jimmy sits under underneath the seat and he's come out from underneath and he's just looking. He's just staring up at Rob and then he comes out and he just sort of sits staring at him and then he put his paws on Rob's knees and Aww. Jimmy's head comes right in front of Rob's and he's like he's just staring him out. He's just having a look at him, getting closer, and then he puts his paws on Rob's shoulders and starts rubbing his head against Rob's head. So whatever Rob was thinking about and starting to wig him out, as Rob says, it's a bit hard to continue to do that when you've got 35 kilos of lead basically head-butting you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get <laughs> So, you know, he licks his face and... Like, so that's all Jimmy picking up on it. And Jimmy, you could see him, like I took a couple of photos of it Mm. because Jimmy's got his own Facebook page, which is really cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's Jimmy, PTSD, and me. Um, 
And it feels a bit strange. One of your good mates is having an anxiety attack, and I'm sitting there taking photos of it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. But, but, you know, Jimmy's there to do – like, Jimmy can do the job better than I can. And then yeah. Rob just went inside and um, he found a quiet corner and, and I, you know, just checking on him, see if it's all right. And, yeah, Jimmy's yeah. got his paws wrapped around um, Rob's head. He's just, you know, head buttoning kind of thing, licking his face, keeping him out. But then other times when Rob's having – like I said, Jimmy sleeps next to Rob on the floor and – Couple of times, Rob would be getting really restless, having a nightmare. Um, mm. Jimmy, Jimmy will wake up, jump up the bed, and wake Rob up. So, um, you know, lick his face if he doesn't. If he doesn't respond to that, he just barks right in his face. Oof. Mm. Which you know, which gets Rob out of that out of that nightmare. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, which then when he's got the confidence in the dog, you can start to go out in public. Like one of the great things, well, great is such bad terminology. One of the things that happens to, you know, first responders, military, et cetera, when they're pensioned out is they lose their identities and like, well, what am I good for now? And um, so, you know, Rob was able to, you know, take Jimmy to the supermarket, do the shopping after he was ill health retired. So Rob's contributing to the family. There's a sense of self-worth that comes with that. He's got Jimmy here to back him up and he knows if he has a meltdown in the supermarket, Jimmy's there. And even on on Jimmy's Facebook page, there is a photo. Rob's got a photo with a trolley and Jimmy's up sort of looking at his face. So he's Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. He's, you know, he's had an anxiety attack and Jimmy's responded to that. Like these dogs are just extraordinary. And mm. uh, I, to, to see him in action, and again, I've, I say this, I've said this a few times while presenting and people, 
not really finding it funny when I say I nearly want to deliberate deliberately trigger Rob just so I can see Jimmy go to work. <laughs> you can't people, do that. People look at me mortified. I go, I'm joking. I'm joking. I just yeah. want to make that clear. <laughs> but it's just such an unbelievable thing to watch. Oh, oh, it's yeah. so powerful to watch these dogs go to work. Um, like you, you, you never know, sit I, there I, and I'm, do an electric or a mate. No, of course I understand <laughs> that. You know, but but I'm just thinking with Rob and Jimmy. Let's say at the MCG that time, I wonder how many people would walk past and understand what was going on, like. Does Jimmy have a, a sign? I think some of them, yes. like seeing eye dogs, you know, obviously you know that they are um, to help uh, vision impaired. But does Jimmy have something on him to say, I'm an assistance dog? Yes. So people know? Yes. yes. Okay. So, yeah, they, mm. they've got jackets on them. Uh, and then there's – so, like, Jimmy's from Assistance Dogs Australia, so it's the ADA uh, logo there. It's got assistance dog written there. Uh, so everyone knows that, you know, he's on lead. Uh, and I've been out with Rob a few times and you get a lot of people sort of looking. Um, mm. But then, you know, what's happening now is seeing a lot more. Whenever I see a dog, like I was in Queensland last year at the airport and I saw an ADA dog walking through. Uh, it was an autism dog. And then, well, because you can see from the sun was autistic. And... Yeah. Like people were so, kind of looking, but then kind of not. So it's becoming more and more aware that dogs walking through airports, walking through streets, things that have got these jackets on it, well, they're helping mm. the person. So yeah, it's just the, yeah. the biggest, uh, not the biggest, but one of the things people have got to understand, the dog's not there to be patted. So like I've been with Rob, we've been out places, people come, oh, can I give the dog a pat? No, you can't. Uh, and Rob's really nice about it. Said, "No, nah, look, sorry, the dogs at work. You're not allowed to." And but okay, yep. but it's and, and that's they're not there as a pet. They're there as a uh, an old a support. A support, mm. yes. Mm. So, but then it's funny. You take the jacket off, and then their dogs again. They go run around, jumping around, and really just being dog. Yeah. So it's jacket on, jacket off. And when you <gasps> see, right. Like, with Rob again. Rob features in so many of the pods I do because he's you know so so out there with it and like he's a great yeah. mate. But yeah, uh, you know, we were walking with Rob one day and Jimmy's sitting there and or walking along and just at work and he goes, "Watch this!" And then he takes his jacket off. We're at a park and he goes, "Release!" And Jimmy just tears <laughs> off, running around in circles, doing zoomies, you know, rolling oh, around really? on his back. And then okay. he'll call Jim over. And then puts the jacket on, and it's just a bang. It's like a different dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm at work again, so which is really oh, which is fascinating testament Mm. to their training. Oh yeah, yeah. And so you are sponsored two assistance dogs. Yes, we've got two. Uh, We're waiting for our second one to be placed, uh, and then we'll do another one after that. So, but a lot of it's to do. Uh, with awareness as well. It's just making people aware that these dogs are for people with mental injuries. Uh, they also do – if you see these dogs, don't go up and interact with them if they've got their jacket on in a nice mm. way, telling people in a nice way. 
Yeah. Well, again, we're educating people and you're educating me about assistance dogs because I had no idea that uh, a dog like, say, Jimmy could be like us at work and then at home. Yes. You know, it's two two different dogs. Can I just go to your supervisor because I think – we need uh, to uh, put them on a pedestal because it seems to me that they uh, they have or he you had was it it was seems like it was a group of people a group of supervisors that had a deep understanding of your mental injury and how to manage you can can you just tell us what it feels like to have someone in your corner and not judging you or I just think that would be so powerful. Oh, powerful is not the word. Well, it is a word, but bold it, italic, mm. and underline it. Like it's just yeah. – uh, I remember one of the stories I always say, I was when we were still at St Kilda Road before we moved, I was downstairs and I can't remember what triggered me, but I got quite substantially triggered and I went back upstairs and I went to his office and I said, mate, I've just been triggered really badly, but I want to stay here. I want to see if I can get through this. He goes, mate, what have you got to do? So his office was behind me and I'm sitting there. I've got headphones on listening to music. So it's one of the great grounders. Uh, and just out of the, in my peripheral vision, I saw his head pop around the corner just checking on me. And I just, like, it, it helped calm me down. Because I've got this this bloke who's got no agendas, he's got no, he's got nothing to care for me, and uh, just extraordinary. Like the the power that, that brings, the um, the reinforcement, and like I remember, no, oh no, it's probably about twelve. No, it started January last year. I just woke up and I was not in a good way. I was struggling, mm. Mm. so. Oh, just, you know, whatever. Get your clothes on, cool. Grab my bike out of the garage, walking up the driveway, and I thought, what are you doing? You in, mm, you yeah, just, yeah. no. And I thought, okay, cool. Put me, put me, um, bike away, went inside, um, just went back to bed, and I messaged Mick, and I just said, mate, I'm no good. I'm taking the day. Uh, and he replied straight away, yep, no worries, pal. Give me a yell if you need anything. And then, mm. you know, mm. lunchtime is just a check-in. How you doing? How you doing, mate? Um, if you need tomorrow, take tomorrow. Otherwise, just let me know what your plans are. Just complete support. And then wake up the next day. Yeah, I just – I needed a day just to, I don't know, just relax, whatever, sleep, clear the brain. Um, I wasn't much chopped the next day, but I was I was good enough to go to work. I've always been very no, I, I can't. I've got to get to work uh, if I can do it. I, I, I've only ever taken days where I just I cannot do it today, um, which doesn't happen very often, which is good. Hmm. Hmm. And then I got got the office the next day, and he said, "How you doing, mate?" I said, "Oh yeah, better, but you know, still nah." kind of thing, and he goes, all right, well, if you've got to take off, mate, let me know, we'll drive you out. Like, it's the, it was not worried about the work that I had outstanding or any yeah. whatever yeah. is coming up. It was just purely about me um, he and cared, my health. He cared, yeah, oh. exactly. He, he cared about you. Yeah. 
And like, so you he know, was he was my supervisor at um, at a work unit. Then he had to leave through the maximum time position. So I followed him. Like, took a pay cut to go to where I am now, which he's just moved on now. But that, that that's fine. But um, yeah, just to just to be under his leadership. Like, he's just he's not a manager in any sense of the word. He's just a pure pure leader, and a leader can both manage and lead as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's so true. Talking about leaders, I remember when um, our then Chief Commissioner, Graham Ashton, he went on a a mental health break and I wasn't uh, working at the time. I I had retired by then, but I imagine that would have been really empowering for people within VicPol. What was it like to know that your leader – of Vic Pol was vulnerable, like you had been. He was in a uh, in a mental health sense, obviously, just like so many others. Did that affect? What was the effect within Vic Pol? I suppose uh, those of us who, well, the people who I spoke to about it loved it. Loved it in the sense that we didn't love it that Mister Ashen needed to take that time, but I just loved how he's gone. I need time out. So I'm going to go sit on the bench for a few weeks and I'm going to reset my mind and body and then I'll be back, which the self-care for that is just elite, just taking time out. And for a chief commissioner to do that, I just look back and go, that's awesome. Hmm. That's and, And the people who I spoke to about that, typically the people who are interested in mental health and, you know, can we change this? You know, what can we do to make things better, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone was in agreement that, that that display of leadership by Mr. Ashton in taking some time mm. off and showing that it's okay to do that, mm. brilliant, just brilliant. Mm. Yeah, that's great. It, you know, in 87 when I went through the academy, mental health wasn't discussed or distress, uh, or addressed in any way, shape or form. Um, I know that you now have pretty much got a, a free reign to go and talk to members about mental health, but do you know if they're addressing mental health as a subject now out at the academy? I'm assuming they do, but... They do, yes. So there's um, Police Veterans Victoria have uh, one of their reps. I think Dave McGowan's gone out a couple of times and have had some people gone out to speak to the recruits a few times. I know a couple of old members, uh, old veterans who are diagnosed, they've spoken to recruits. The psych unit goes out, wellbeing unit will go out. Uh, so they've got a lot more um, exposure to it. But also what's helping, though, is as a community as a whole because, you know, younger people now have been exposed to it. There's a lot more. Uh, Education-wise, you know, you see, when you see, when I see famous sporting pe- people take time away from the game to uh, help them, you know, I need to take a break here. I'm not, you know, for whatever reason, but mental health related, I love it. I reckon it's great mm. because yeah, one, I do too. Yep. one, they're helping themselves, which is ultimately the first and best thing. But they're also mm. showing a message to all those kids who look up to these uh, mm. sports women and sportsmen and go, you know what, if it's all right for them to look after their mental health, well, it's 
you know, certainly all right for me to do it. So I think the younger generation coming through uh, through the academy and that will uh, be a lot better at it. And I did hear uh, last year or maybe the year before now that there had been some recruits that as soon as they got out of the academy, they used the wellbeing unit to book into a psych to start building a relationship with that psych. Just in the case that they become mentally injured at some stage, then you've already got that rapport, you've already got that relationship. Oh, how good. Like, <laughs> you know, talk about yeah, being proactive. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm just thinking to myself, like, and this isn't a having a go at, at Victoria Police at all or the academy, but to go out and talk to members, yes, that's very powerful because I've done it myself where you go out and talk to the recruits um, and you tell them all about, you know, what's happened and how, you know, how much better you are now, what the signs were, all this. But I actually mean about making it a part of the curriculum, not just hearing people talking about it, about learning about what mental health is and what are the signs and how to look after yourself? Yes, the people talking about it is very good, but I think they need a bit more than just somebody talking about it. It's a great start, but what, do you agree that I think it's about going right into the mental health subject, not just listening to someone talking? Yep, agree. I reckon that'd be a really good idea. I've never actually thought about that, but that would be uh, to learn the signs and symptoms like, that's where, when I do present and speak about it, I say, I sat in hospital not wanting to live. So I know mm. what that's like. Uh, mm. Like, and as I said before, suicide was never a, a real danger. But, you know, I, I, the, tomorrow was black. And I completely disassociated from everything. If I had have known what the signs and symptoms of depression and anxiety were, I would never have gotten to that space where, I know what it's like why people um, mm. take mm. their lives. So, and that's jump onto, you're like, Beyond Blue's got some awesome checklists. They've got, you know, that's, to me, that's the, that's the Bible of mental health advice that is, the, for me, the Beyond Blue website. Like, jump on there. Just have a look at the signs and symptoms. You don't need to learn them verbatim. But just have an idea so that if someday you start to go a little bit south, you're going to pick up on it pretty early. Mm. And then you can get to a GP, get to a site and get that squared away before it really takes hold. Mm. Yeah, because like you, um, I didn't understand what was going on. And I know now that if I, like you, if I would have known some of the signs to look out for or at least to have read them or been taught them, I would have thought, I'm in a bit of trouble here. Yeah. Anyway, look, yeah. um, uh, just in closing, I just in our discussions we had in preparation for today, you explained to me how police now examine child abuse material for court purposes. And I was wondering if uh, you would mind sharing, because you've had a bit of experience uh, at this, would you mind sharing how that's changed? Because viewing child abuse material was a huge contribution to my own PTSI and it's a relief in a way that others don't have to be exposed to that horrific material. But it has changed, hasn't it? It has changed. So I haven't been involved in that uh to a large degree, but I work with a couple of police women who um, 
have had enormous experience in in this. And I spoke to them about that, like how do you get people in, like when new members, and it's a very graduated approach now. So uh, you've given, I believe there's psych oversight as well at times, in that you, it's just you put your feet in the water, your toes in the water. Yep, we're good. All right, let's go up the ankles. Okay, we're good. Let's go up to the shin. Okay, we're good. Let's go up to the middle of the shin. So it's you're not just given all of this material, there you go, bang, straight off. It's a very careful, stepped approach. And like to the point where when uh, it's been explained to me, I'd nearly say it's like a clinical approach. It's very – there's been mm. a ton of work going into it. Uh, well, that's – yeah, there's been a, you know, so much work going into it. Um, new people come in, just that gradual approach to it. It makes a lot of sense, doesn't All it? It does. It yeah, does. yeah. I, I, I love it. Mm. I I did a heap of those types of files uh, back when I was younger, and yeah, there was no training. It's like there you go. We do a warrant, mm. grab all these discs, you open up the disc, and whooshka. There's all these yeah. you know yeah. images and yeah. videos and stuff. So, yeah. uh, but certainly the, the the like, and that's it's really good. I was really pleased to hear that from the girls because. That is something we can control. How that's how people are exposed to that. What we can't control is when we're out in the street. If something happens right there, you're called to a scene. You can't gradu- gradually enter, you know, or do little. You just <laughs> yeah, got, you're right. You, you've got to do it. Yeah. You're there. Something needs to be done. But when yeah. it's like that's very reactive. But when we're doing these um, these types of files, we can control how people are exposed to it. So, which is really good. Mm. Oh, that's, uh, that warms my heart. Well, look, Mark, I-, I better give you back some of your Sunday. Uh, <laughs> so, so look, just thank you so much for what you've done. Uh, for those who think there's nothing left to live for, because what you are doing is still making a huge difference to people's lives, but just in a different way, I suppose, to being on the front line. And I, yeah. I just, I just bet that when you're lying in that hospital bed at the lowest point of your life, when you're under that shower, uh, you'd never ever thought that it, where you you would be where you are now, still employed by Vic Pole and still making a difference. You're a legend, my friend. Thank you for those words, Narelle. Very, very appreciative, and that's yeah, <laughs> dead right. Absolutely dead right. There's no way I would have thought I'd be like this ten years ago. So no, no. And, and just a quick plug, uh, how can people find uh, Code 9 and uh, what oh, we, we put in a plug, didn't we, for Jimmy, Jimmy for PTSD, Jimmy, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, but ha- what about Code 9? Yeah, so uh, the Code 9 Foundation, um, so code9ptsd.org.au and it's um, all the socials is all Code 9 PTSD. So. Yeah, we sit there, we sponsor assistance dogs, we supply meals to members that are really struggling, sending people away for respite weekends just so they can have a quiet weekend, um, gardening and maintenance done for members whose anxieties are so high they can't do it and, and you know, several other things. So it's really cool the way that's that, that's evolving. I love what you do. Thank you. Thanks, Narelle. As you've probably noticed, 
we've moved to a new platform called ACAST. I think that's the right expression, I've got no idea. And my previous reviews haven't transferred over. I need reviews. <laughs> Could you do me a favour and put up a review? And thank you so much for your support and patronage. With your help, I can give you that little bit extra. Thanks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 